0: This is the Coming Home Podcast with John Allen. There we are. I'm not even gonna count down. I'm just gonna say here we are with another Tiffy Tuesday. Here we fucking are, man. <laughs> my friend. Hot and spicy with Tiffy. <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing
1: great, man. It's been it's been a whole week. It's been a whole week. It's been a whole week. I miss you.
0: You know, we, we do these episodes and we chat a little bit on social media and there's a phone call every once in a while, but I could hang out with you every day. Every I mean fucking
1: day. Me That's too. You are just fun.
0: <laughs> You're just fun.
1: It's just so sad that we live so far apart. It's not so far apart, but it's far enough apart where my electrical car can't get to you.
0: Yeah, you know, it's, um, I guess since I've been here in Norway Norway for so long, I'm used to the long distances. Uh, good Lord, when we were living up north, um, for me to get to the one gym of mine was out on an island. That was like an hour and 20 minute drive. Did you have to take a ferry? I drove that son of a gun. You drove There's a tunnel. A... There's a tunnel that goes uh, under part of the fjord. Right. Then there's a bridge from the mainland over to Shadow. Oh shit. So that was my that was my drive. You know what?
1: You know what always kinda makes me giggle that people who go to the gym, they first of all drive to the gym. And then when it comes to getting to the gym, depending on what kind of gym you have, they will take the escalator to get to the (laughs) fucking gym. And I'm like, (laughs) what are you doing? You're like wasting half your your exercise time. You should bike. I get that. That would be a great
0: Warm-up. However, however, <laughs> when you get to a certain level, uh, I'm thinking of, of in powerlifting. You know, we we lift or I lift so heavy mm-hmm. that that long 15, 20-minute well, warm-up you're not session, not a cardio that's guy. out the window.
1: You're not a cardio but, guy. But I am.
0: The cardio is incorporated in the workout. Really? Um, I thought powerlifting
1: was just lifting heavy shit and being a badass.
0: Yes, thank you very much. Uh, all Which <laughs> you are. All true. All absolutely true. <laughs> but but uh you can you can change the dynamic you know you can do a heavy set of squats and you can wait five minutes before you take your next set or you can do a heavy set of squats and you're on the clock and you got 90 seconds rest and then you go back and you hit it again nice there's the cardio I know. see what people and this isn't this is not what we're going to talk about in no, this episode, This is just our, our warm-up to the real discussion but, <laughs> but this is this is an interesting thing that i think can be in um, it can be important for some people uh i I see a lot of people, especially women, who, um, you know, they'll go and they'll jog on a treadmill for like 45 minutes and they'll consider that a warm-up before they do their strength training.
1: Right. That's what I used to do, actually. Are, uh, yeah, I was always, always turned to do cardio first and then lifting. Yeah,
0: well, you should flip it. Really? Because... When you burn up so much of the 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 glycogen, the sugar, to make it to say it simple, the sugar reserves in your muscles. Mm -hmm. Excuse me, in your muscles, Uh, (laughs) way past adolescence. (laughs) Uh, When you when you burn up all that glycogen in your muscles, and then you're going to try to lift. Well, what fuel do your muscles have to go on? None. Usually, by the time I start doing my power,
1: my quote-unquote powerlifting whenever I lift the, the 10 kilo weights or whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, and you, usually by then I'm already exhausted.
0: Well, there you go. You've burnt up all of your energy reserves. So then when you start lifting weights and your muscles have nothing to go on, you're going to burn muscle. That's mm. your fuel that you start burning. So if you flip it and if you train your strength training with intensity – That means a moderate to heavy weight with short breaks. You will find that you don't really need you, you. You can get by with doing maybe 15 minutes of sprints. Good, because I fucking hate running. (laughs) Who doesn't? You know, it's horrible. It's a (laughs) terrible, it's, it's torture.
1: I only run for beer to be honest with you. I, I, (laughs) I am a member of the hash house areas. I don't know if I've, we've spoken about this before. Yeah. We talked about this before. Yeah. So I'm a member of the hash house areas, but we only run for beer. I mean, like we run to find the beer and if there's no beer in, there's no running, if there's no beer near, (laughs) There's (laughs) there's there's no running, there's no hurry. I got no place to be. So, so I don't really particularly like the cardio but I was always taught that you should do cardio first who to get your, your muscles was your
0: coach I want to go shake uh, him up a little Shell Andre hey, uh, Shell <laughs> Andre No Shell Andre obviously
1: yeah uh, no he, yeah he obviously but he always told me to do cardio first to get my muscles warm and all this weird shit and then i started to i didn't power lift good lord What's strength training, but strength training yeah, yeah you know. i tried to get my muscles up and try to get my shoulders up. sorry and,
0: girlfriend he taught you wrong well you know most he of them do i think mo- good,
1: you yeah. pay you pay that money and they don't give a shit
0: well that's and that's the thing um
1: he also told me that bread was good oh, boy, yeah man. yeah
0: What's this guy's name again? <laughs> <write> Andre. <laughs> oh boy. Mm-hmm. So let's get into let's get into what Tiffy has on her mind
1: today. What I have on my mind today is that you know I come from Florida, right? Yes. And um, I can't say it's my alma mater, but my local school was Florida Institute of Technology. And um Recently, there was a fraternity house, the Kai fi house, which I was an honorary member of. Even though I'm a female, I was an honorary member of the Chi-Fi house, and I uh, was kind of bonded to this fraternity. And last week, their barn burnt down. And their barn was uh, a place that we, you know, gathered for festivities and uh, um, concerts and beer dye and beer pong and all kinds of fun games and stuff.
0: Hold on, can you shut that door there, totally please? I shut that door. And I just want to apologize to the listeners. There's nothing we can do about it. I canceled an episode last week with my good friend, Bob Namadi because of the construction noise. Uh, we have some people rebuilding a house across the street, and then another two blocks away, they are digging a new tunnel for a new train line. Oh good lord. And it's just so loud. It's been that way for a couple of weeks. Do they
1: do those explosions? I hate the explosions.
0: Yeah, and, and just the it's just a weird drilling. It sounds like they're right outside the door, but right. it's actually 2 blocks away. I
1: got PTSD, right? And so in my town in the Porsgrunn, they're trying to build like a new tunnel in a in a mountain. Oh. And so every Wednesday, now I know, now I know <sighs> the schedule, but they have this like weird fire raid noise yeah. um, the sound and all of a sudden this explosion and every time i hit the fucking deck Italian, even though i know it's crazy as serious, yeah
0: but but uh, I ptsd know it's coming. is real
1: it's PTSD fucking is real man i hear that that <laughs> it feels like a you know it, it's this air horn that goes off and then boom and i hit the deck yeah.
0: every fucking time even you, would you, know, you would think you i know what it is but it just it's that reaction that's burned into you <laughs> from the trauma oh, it boy. is <laughs> <laughs> hit the deck
1: it is but anyway yeah the kai file. Yeah, fi back house. to the kai file. The back to the Kai Fi House.
0: No so the, explosions
1: there. N- well, you'll, We'll get to some explosions <laughs> later. But uh, right, uh, I saw that the barn burnt down. Apparently, somebody said that it was an electrical problem, and it kind of like it, you know, it hurt my heart because that's a place sure. that Memoirs. I'm an honorary. I'm, I'm an honorary member yeah. of the Ki Fi. Uh, even though it's a fraternity, I was a high Fi mom because okay. I always patched up the kids when they did something stupid uh-huh. because let's just be real. College kids okay. do stupid oh, shit, yeah. I right? I yes, remember. I bet you do. And what college did you go to?
0: Ohio University.
1: Ohio University. Were you a member of a fraternity? Or- oh, God, no. No, so you didn't do the whole Greek thing.
0: It was a big turn off to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it really should, was. Yeah, it should be.
1: It should be. But in, in all,
0: all respect to those who who went that way. But for me, it it just was not my thing. I'm well, not. I, that, I'm not that kind of a social person. I
1: think the 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 hazing thing is a
0: little bit stupid. I think that's what it was. That's the main thing. I'm like, why? No, no, I just don't want to go through it.
1: The that. hazing thing is stupid, but to be honest, in the end you make this uh, brother and sisterhood, depending on if you're a fraternity or sorority, but you make them for life. And it's kind of really nice that whenever you're going through college and you're getting that education to do whatever it is that you want to do, you have this brotherhood or sisterhood in uh, a family that you've created throughout college to where um, if one of your brothers gets a great job – and you kind of study in that field, then they can kind of help you get into that job as well. So it does help you throughout life. Sure. And I I,
0: I see that in some of the friends I have. I see that brotherhood sister that they have, and it's admirable.
1: It is. It's admirable, and it's for life, and it's great. Uh, uh, But that's not something that we have here in Norway that I, I kind of noticed. So that was the whole um thing that clicked with me when i saw the barn burning down i kind of missed my days back at the Kai fi house yeah. playing beer pong beer die um patching up wounds and stuff like that and it started patching up wounds patching up wounds dude dude okay so <laughs> you gotta tell me you these college kids they're in their <laughs> early 20s what did you do in your early 20s
0: yeah, but okay. Well, okay.
1: See, yeah. <laughs> we're skipping over that.
0: <laughs> but no, no, no. At, at, well, <laughs> well, we don't want to talk about no, that. I, I, no, I'll tell you about my college experience. Mm-hmm. But, but I, um, I guess I never thought that there would be a function in a fraternity. There is a that huge that you have function. to have a. Uh,
1: Believe it or not, not only is it a huge function in the brotherhood or sisterhood with the sororities too. Let's not leave the women out too. Yeah. But there's a brotherhood and sisterhood which they they love each other. They've been together for yeah. years. They call each other brothers. There's yeah. a they, they even have like um, some kind of speech or, or pledge, sorry, a pledge, pledge yeah, a yeah. pledge that they give to say that we're from now on, even though we made you we spanked your ass in front of the school or whatever it is that <laughs> they did, you know, you were brave enough to go through that. Now you're part of our our crew. And so when you leave college, if one of us gets somewhere great, we try to pull you all up to get you there to be great, and
0: I and I. And come there's the, that admirable mm, fraternity feeling, brotherhood, sisterhood, family feeling,
1: right? And I'm I'm really missing that because I'm I'm going to college now. You know that, and I'm in my last year, and technically the seniors we should be running the goddamn school because I'm a senior. Um, but in Norway, the college experience is different. There's no Greek.
0: It's it's, you're kind of just on your own. You're fucking on your own. You don't have that school. I called it school loyalty. You don't have that school loyalty here in Norway. There's
1: no school loyalty. You don't have a a a partner that gets you through everything. And no, no, there's absolutely no sports
0: program that you can rally behind. There's no
1: mascot. Like I'm right now. I'm wearing my college sweater. You see it, right? (laughs) And it says USN, but uh, that's the University (sighs) of Southeastern Norway. But there's no like go Tigers or go anything it, that's my alma mater um but i'm not proud of it it's just a fucking just place, that place that i went to get a piece go. of paper yeah <laughs> so yeah, you know? so it's been such a different experience and it's so sad um to me in a way because there's no camaraderie to bring people up who went to college with you and you're like come with me i, I will help yeah. you i will make you better or i will help you further.
0: I get the impression that the college mm. experience in Norway is a lonely experience. Extremely, extremely, um, you know, you can have a life going on outside of your, your schooling, but the schooling process in itself, the schooling experience in itself is quite lonely. You're just there, you're doing your thing. You just, and, you grab the
1: books and you go to school and literally school here in Norway is just fucking school. There's no, there's no team spirit. There's no, no pep rallies. There's no,
0: no uh, I wonder if that can excitement. be a good thing though because it kind of forces you or it gives you the opportunity to just focus on the school. You would no distractions. Think. You or- would think,
1: but there's also the um you just kind of get lazy because you don't care about the school. You don't care about uh how how great the school does in the academics. You don't give a fuck. You just here to get a piece of paper. And yeah. so it's kind of boring. Uh and I will tell you this, it's, it actually extends to the high schools here in Norway.
0: Oh, gosh, I know. It does. Yes. Well, you
1: don't know like I know. I know because when I first moved here to Norway, I was like 27, 28 years old, and I knew that I was coming here to go to college. Uh-huh. So that was a whole goal. And then, um, so I checked out my prerequisites and what I needed to do to go to school here. And they are like, well, you're missing Norwegian history and you're missing Norwegian social studies. So you have to go back to to high school. school. I had to go back to high school at 28 years old. This is like 21 Jump Street, dude.
0: And that's quite normal normal for uh, Americans and, and other immigrants who come to Norway. You don't have the same, you haven't fulfilled the Norwegian requirements. Right. So you have to go back to
1: high school. I went High school as a 28 year old grown ass woman, I went to Porsgrunn Videregående School, which is Porsgrunn High School, and I remember it was a <laughs> it was probably the most bizarre fucking experience oh, in my imagine. life. It was so bizarre because first of all, um, I don't know if your listeners knew about Rus.
0: No, they don't know about that.
1: Okay. Rus, R-U-S-S, if you guys are interested in looking it up, like Russ, uh, it's the high school seniors in Norway, and they dress up in these ridiculous jumpsuits and with a hat and stuff, and their uh, graduation... Ceremonies. I guess it wouldn't be ceremonies, but what would it? Traditions. Traditions. Yeah, yeah. the graduation traditions are to do a bunch of just stupid shit while you're drunk. No. Um, but they're most of them are not old enough to buy the alcohol. So of course, me being the twenty-eight year old in class, I was. Super popular. Did you get on a Uruz
0: <laughs> bus? A bus? They I did take get these buses, old buses, and they I, pick, trick them out, yeah. with the color, painting it and the big sound system. Yeah. And
1: so at the time, at the time when I went to the high school, I was with a Norwegian man who insisted He absolutely fucking insisted that I join the ruse because that way I can have a complete. The complete experience. The complete experience. The whole shebang. The whole shebang. But I was 28, not 17. So I'm in this (laughs) class with all these fucking teenagers who love me because I'm old enough to buy the alcohol.
0: Okay. Well, I'm sure also because they're very... Curious, I'm sure you're this older American woman. Yeah, back in high school again. Yeah, you're something of a of a showpiece, I would imagine.
1: I was something of a. Sh- and to be honest, there was this, and and I feel icky saying it, but there was this one boy in class who had the biggest crush on me he had a big crush on me he's 10 years younger it was probably fucking legal but he did every trick in the book to try to get my attention and (laughs) so so high school experience for me here in norway as a 28 year old woman was pretty it was pretty fucking gross (laughs)
0: that is pretty wild to imagine being in that situation it was
1: gross because what are you gonna do you know like i'm like well you want me to call your mom and come pick you (laughs) up or like what's the deal so yeah i should um
0: Uh, I I just started taking a uh, class. We just started last week, a class back at the University of Akron School of Law. Good for you. And I just got done talking with you. I think it was last week talking about education and how I'm done. But here I am. Here you are. I'm taking a law class, for God's sake. It's
1: never too too late.
0: And you know what I thought? I thought, what if, because now next year, my daughter, she starts high school. I said, what if I got, what if I got bitten by this education bug and I wanted to go back to, to, and do some college stuff here. And what if they told me that I didn't have the requirements and I had to go back to Norwegian high school (laughs) and I went and then I have to go to school or well now it's not me having to, it's my daughter having to go to school with With, me, with dad, (laughs) about that. How about that, die, poor child. That poor child. And me being the fool that I am, but, the, the dummy, the idiot that I am, I would have to embarrass her. I would have to find you ways to, to. I have to
1: come in a chicken suit, yeah, something, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but that—that that was the bizarre thing. But did you because- feel?
0: Did you feel any kind of loyalty though? Because that, no. that whole movement thing i mean that's they're they're a tight-knit group Uh, they're out there to raise a little hell together did they are did you feel did you still feel like you were an outsider no
1: i was i was i was an outsider the first year the first half of the year okay Uh, but eventually these two girls really clicked on me you know Mm -hmm. and they really liked me and they were really smart girls too and and um they when I joked with them about how who I was with said that I have to experience the Rus experience you yeah. know so they invited me on their Rus bus, and they invited me out to these different you know, gatherings that they had. Uh, but there's a lot of things in the <laughs> Rus, in the high school thing um, that they do in their senior year, which is not like our senior year. I don't know what your senior year was like in high school, but we went to Cancun and, you know, got drunk or whatever and came back home for one week. But Norwegian kids in high school, they go for a whole from 1st of april to the 17th of March, may they they get hammered they go have parties they connect together but they have these weird things um, where they have this this hat that has a bunch of knot or a bunch of strings in it.
0: That's right, and they have to get the knots. They have to T- get. To tell the knots. us about that. What kind Let of me tell you to- about the knots.
1: So the knots, you earn a knot in your hat. So you have this ridiculous looking hat on. It looks like a sailor, like a Popeye hat or whatever. It's Some ridiculous hat, and each one has a bunch of strings on it. And then you earn a knot on your hat. Somebody ties a knot whenever you achieve some goal, some some when you win a game or whatever. Uh, and these games are, like, for one, for one example, I had to uh, crawl on my hands and knees in a grocery store and bark like a dog the whole time I was shopping. And so somebody filmed that, and then I got a oh, they got on a film. They oh, well, you boy. know, this is the agent of uh, people with the. Uh, Video on their phone. I also had to uh, drink an entire beer with two tampons in my mouth. Yeah. No, thank fuck they weren't used. But that was my
0: next <laughs> question to get down on the level of details. Yeah. I can't, <laughs> I
1: can't tell you how hard that is because the tampons will soak up that beer and then now oh, you're squeezing. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was more difficult than I thought it was. Ah. Yeah. So, but, but
0: isn't the whole thing with the, getting the knots, the, the, the tasks are progressively. Difficult or progressively gross or embarrassing. A gross Each one is worse. Each, Each one, one, is, one worse. is worse than the previous. Yeah, there's,
1: I think there's one where you have to get arrested. You know, there's. There
0: was, <laughs> I remember Snoop telling me about there's you. You had to you had to kiss a police officer. Yes, I uniform. did that one too.
1: I did. I did, kissed. I kissed a police officer. I crawled into a, a grocery store on my hands and knees like a dog. I drank a beer with. Two tampons in my mouth, and um, the last one I did was you have to eat an entire hamburger in one bite. That was hard.
0: <laughs> you know, you as you as you tell me all of this stuff, uh-huh. I am comparing it with not with my high school years, but with my college years. Right, and there we go with the difference because again, after Norwegian high school, then you go to this university or college. And you just don't have that kind no, of stuff there's because no it's fun all there. business. You're just there to go to class That's and then it. you leave.
1: That's it. And it's so sad. And then, and um, you know, I don't have any pride in the college that I go to, no. you know, people ask me, you know, what's your alma mater? I'm like this school, you know, And yeah. I don't have like a go tigers or go right. Panthers or anything like that. So the feeling of school, there's no um, connection. Right. To to your classmates, there's no connection to your school. There's no pride in where you went.
0: So so is that a benefit, or is that something you miss? In other words, the benefit could be that you can just focus on your schoolwork.
1: That's true. That's a, that's a benefit that I can just focus on my schoolwork and I can just, uh, you know, get shit done. But at okay. the same time, you know, um, when I'm done with college, you know, who's going to lift me up? You know, is there any right. brotherhood? Where, where's Because we're all studying the same fucking yeah. thing right now. Like right now I have a class and I'm studying IT. And so every other student with me is studying IT. And usually in the States, you know, when we were studying something uh, and somebody got a great job, then they'll be like, you know this company is hiring. Come, yeah, come work with me, yeah. that brother, network, that, the that's, network,
0: that sorority or fraternity network, we're missing, helped, helped open the pathway to a job in a life in a future,
1: which is heartbreaking that yeah. I don't have that. And especially now as an immigrant here in this country, I was kind of hoping for that. I was com- hoping for the, the connection, the brotherhood, the sisterhood where, you know, okay, we're, we're working on the same goal here. Um, we're trying to do the same job. You know, you get a job somewhere. Will you help me? Uh, that's, that's no go. That's not a thing.
0: What would it take to start some, some kind, I don't know if you could call it a fraternity or a sorority, but what, what do you think about doing something to start a similar I, organization? I actually tried. Did I actually you? tried.
1: I tried to start cause I love water polo. <laughs> water believe, phone, it, really? believe it or not. Oh, that's different. And with my short ass, believe it or not, I'm pretty good at water polo. <laughs>
0: She's a tiny little
1: thing. I'm people. a tiny little thing. I'm five foot one. But I love water polo. And so I did my first year of engineering school when I went there. Uh, I started a water polo group. And a whopping three people showed up. So Three. Three whole people. Uh, that's not even a team, man. It's not even a team. So it was kind of heartbreaking because there is no connection to the school. There's there's no connection to want to be a a part of anything.
0: And I think it's that way because the Norwegian college students don't have an interest for it. So then the question would be: If you're going to start something like that, how can you awaken their interest, or how can you create an interest? I don't see how it can be done. It's so foreign it, for them.
1: It's a foreign concept to them. It's a totally foreign yeah, concept. It is, because there, there is no, I mean, we go to school, we go to class, some of us, I mean, most of us, especially this year with the, with the Rona um, yeah. spreading everywhere, uh, most of us are not even going to class. So we don't have any connection to each other whatsoever, unless we're in the study group together and we only right. talk about the project.
0: Well... Well, well, here's the thing Uh, with that law class I'm taking, Mm -hmm. uh, like I said, it's in the University of Akron, which is I was actually born in Akron, but I was raised way out in the country. But because it's at that school. I've reconnected with a handful of high school classmates, and we are already working. In fact, one of them—I don't want to say his name because it's not in the box yet, or in the bag yet—but uh, I'm probably going to have him as a podcast guest in within the next week. That's going to be rad. So I'd it's getting back it. in touch with that old. So we're going to hear about gang. what
1: what John was like in high school. But you know what?
0: I can I can tell you because that's a real short conversation. I was not in the loop. You weren't. No, I was a star football player. I kicked Obviously. ass. I was one of the best yeah. uh, to ever come through that school. Thank you to Coach Jeff Dada. He told you, me Co- that I was the best. <laughs> to <laughs> he told me that in a phone conversation. So I thank him for that. But I so I had that. But socially, yeah. And no, you know why? You know, no why, shit. You, you, you know why, You know why I think that was why. Now, for those who oh, she Lord. sees I'm rubbing my, the skin on my arm, I'll say it. I'll say it. It's because I was the black kid. And you, because Wait, wait, of wait. That, you,
1: you said the word, I was the black kid. Were you the, like, only black we, kid we in the whole two, school?
0: We were two. Shut and, the and
1: front and we, door. Uh, What's a buddy, football buddy, team without black dudes? I'm <laughs> um, <no, that's>, <laughs> just joking. Yeah, but you know what? I'm joking. <laughs> just joking. No, Bill Burr has a great job. <laughs> I know. Great jo- Have you I was that? thinking yeah. about yeah. that. Yeah. No, yeah. it's funny. I I, love you can, I
0: I joke about that kind of stuff all the time in my in my mm. standup routine, but but I was um I can I can remember throughout my entire from the very first day I went to that school system in 3rd grade. That's when we moved from Akron right to uh to my town Norton, Ohio. Uh from the very first day and then repeatedly in varying frequencies, but repeatedly all through my years All the way up until twelfth grade, Uh, until after twelfth grade, I got I got that reminder that you're the black kid. You're the black kid. This is your place. This is not your place. Did you you grow up
1: in a predominantly white neighborhood? They were very white.
0: That's it. They we we were the yes. You were in (laughs) Crackerdown.
1: Oh (laughs) Lord, honey, you was in (laughs) Crackerdown. I'm sorry. being <laughs> and, and, and I'll say this,
0: just to just to give it a little little bit of of nuance and a little bit of the dynamic, right? Uh, you know, it's not like they were burning crosses uh, no. all over the town, but they threw the N word at me. No was, shit. Sure they did. At least up until I got big enough to, to whoop. Uh, this, you know, whoop this was S. like in
1: the '90s, or what were we talking about? I here?
0: graduated in '87.
1: Oh, you're old. I'm 51. I'm 51. I this. keep forgetting. Beautiful skin. That <laughs> you, it's that lotion. It's that lotion. It's a, lo- <laughs> it's a lotion. It's that lotion.
0: You know, I still laugh about that. I still, you are, and I kid you not, Tiff, Tiff is the first white person to ever ask me, hey, you got any lotion I can use?
1: I'm ashy. You, she's, Listen, she's, she's hashtag ashy. white people
0: get ashy too.
1: We get ashy <laughs> as fuck. I do. I'll never forget that.
0: First time you came here and the, one of the first words out of your mouth, hey, you got any lotion? Oh like I know I like this woman. I know I like this woman. No, so so it wasn't you know there there were no cross burnings and, and things like that but there was uh, a certain amount of overt uh, indisputable racism. Absolutely. That's awful, man.
1: I I can't I got to be honest, man. I can't I want to empathize, but I think in order to empathize you have to have a a certain level of knowledge of what that feels like and i don't really the closest i get me as a white person Mm -hmm. is here in norway with the xenophobia yes that's the closest i get where they're like you know fucking speak norwegian you immigrant or whatever but you know what or not getting hired because i have a weird last name or something like that but i cannot imagine what it's like to be also a black man in this country so then there's that that, that, that exponential that, racism,
0: that overt racism but also that little the, the little hint of racism that i experienced yeah. consistently up through the years put such a it's like a governor on an engine it just it just put the brakes on right. my my uh enjoyment it put the brakes on my social development as a as a a preteen and a teen
1: so do you find it to be like a downfall that you grew up in a predominantly white neighborhood would it have been there uh, been better if you grew up in a predominantly black neighborhood or latino or you know
0: that's a good question Uh my answer is i I had the upbringing i had and Uh and and here i am yeah (laughs) you know um Looking at our old neighborhood, I thank the good Lord that my parents got us out of there when they did. Right. Um, so you know, and, and I found my way. I, I I I was able to navigate through that that bigotry and and that racism. Uh, I found my way through it, but there was a lot of bumps along the way. There were many ugly situations, many uncomfortable situations. And it does something or it did something to my, uh, self-esteem. It did. What did it do? I, it it gave me a feeling here I am. I'm on the psychiatrist uh, couch right now, but, but, (laughs) but it gave me a feeling of never belonging and never being good enough. Yeah. Oh man. But there's a positive side to that, that, frustration that feeling of not belonging that feeling of never measuring up right it totally fueled my athletic career if you will
1: yeah
0: i played football and baseball and I wrestled and I played basketball I ran track and I did it with savage focus you're,
1: you're fucking Michael Jordan you <laughs> I did
0: it I did it I did it with savage focus is because important. I needed to I already knew I had a talent especially for football so it forced me uh, that that all that negative stuff outside of football forced me to 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 try and make up for for, for it ah. by excelling in, in football so
1: it, 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 it uh, i had
0: coaches i had coaches in baseball Now i'm getting fired up <laughs> get fired and I, up. and I think about this stuff all the time I, I i've mentioned it a couple times on my podcast that i wish some of these adults whether they were coaches or teachers and and i'm social media friends with with a handful of my teachers and you guys know who you are and i love you and and you guys were a positive influence on me but there were other coaches and teachers who had to have seen this bullshit and they said nothing they they did nothing nothing. they gave me no guidance they gave me no comfort they didn't correct those racist little little bigoted kids who are well i think some kids when you're at when you're at a certain age you it's impossible for you to be a racist but you're being taught how to act like a racist you're getting it from somewhere racism is taught dude Yeah, yeah exactly yeah 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 but but that some of these adults did. I I had a baseball player calling me the N word repeatedly during an entire baseball practice. One afternoon, his father was one of the coaches and he said nothing. You gotta be kidding me. Nothing, nothing. I'll never forget that. How the fuck I can remember the very first day of school. Uh My sister, uh, when I had her on, episode four or five or something like that. I had my sister Meredith on and we talked about this. Our very first day of school in third grade when we moved there, um, the bus pulls up and as the doors open, we hear these kids chanting on the bus. We didn't didn't really make out what it was. And I can remember walking up the stairs onto the bus, getting in, and I can hear them very clearly. And those kids were saying, Ooh, ooh, ah, ah, send them back to Africa. Ooh. Uh, that's what those kids were saying on that bus. We being, you know, I was what, seven or eight years old. My sister was was, uh, was um, six or seven years old, a year younger than me. We didn't get, you know, we had never experienced racism yeah. before, so we didn't get it. We just thought it was cool that all these kids were together and chanting this. We started chanting it with them, having no, no idea. I'll never forget it. Having no idea that those kids were putting that on us. We're chanting that because John, we were there.
1: Your, I'll never forget. Your that. listeners can't see my face right now, but my jaw it's, fell it's, down it's, to it's, the floor. It, yeah,
0: and and my my sister and I we talk about that all the time. How sad is that? First of all, that kids at that age on a bus would do it. Here's a few things. That kids that age on a bus would do something like that. Where did they get the knowledge? Where did they oh, get that? Oh, from their ki- parents. Exactly. And
1: l- l- let me tell you about that, because I grew up with a racist father. Yeah. Hold on. Let, let, let's, I got let's, that, too. Yeah,
0: let's get it. Mm-hmm. So, so on, on just from that one experience, and this kind of um, encompasses my thoughts on that entire school uh, those school years and how I experienced racism. So first of all, these kids are doing this. Where did they get it from? They got it from their parents. Obviously. And every kid on the bus was chanting this. Uh, second of all that my sister and I were so innocent that we didn't even know, you know, we joined in on it. Yeah. And here's the kicker. The third thing, the bus driver did nothing. (sighs) Absolutely nothing. That right there was typical of my school experience
1: in Ohio. When it
0: com- yeah, when it comes to, when it comes to experiencing racism, that was typical.
1: That's terrifying. Yeah, that's terrifying. Yeah,
0: Thing that was it.
1: I mean, I I know that racism is taught because I remember Absolutely. when I was a little girl, my my dad used to. My dad is a. I'll, I'll say it right out. My dad is a flat out racist. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't know any better when I was a little girl. So my dad would tell, you know, black people jokes and stuff like that. And I didn't, but I didn't, he would also tell Polish jokes, you know, and I didn't know what that was either. And I would ask my dad, what's the N word and what's a or whatever, what he would call them, or whatever. And I didn't get it. He goes, they're just stupid people. And so I said, okay. you know," And I just assumed that that was the terminology. Yeah, you were know? a
0: child. And I, I, was you're a, I was
1: like five, six years old. Yeah. And so I just assumed that the N-word stood for stupid people. Right. So I remember going to a grocery store with my mom one time. And this one white dude was being a jerk and being stupid in the grocery store and knocking things over and I said, "Oh, what a n-word." Oh, because I assumed yeah. that the n-word meant stupid people or ignorant people. And how old were you then? Like hopefully? 5 or yeah. 6. I mean, yeah. come on. So, I didn't so I dropped the n-word when yeah. I was a
0: kid. And again, what do you know? I mean, that's what I wanted, your, it was yeah. talk to me, yeah. you know,
1: the n-word or or Pol- Polish, Polak or whatever yeah. the fuck I can't remember the word he used, but yeah. every So, I was raised by a racist dude. And it took me until I was in high school to really fully understand the gravity of what I had been talking about.
0: See, that's the thing. I can never excuse an adult racist. Right. When people say, yeah, but that's how they were raised, that's all they know. About. <sighs> bull that is that may be the way they were raised but that is not all they know i don't think there's a single no. racist walking around the streets of america who doesn't know that their ideology is a bunch of bs they know they just refuse i to, would hope so they I, refuse to to acknowledge that yeah yeah but they can they know it they're not stupid they know it's a bunch of bs
1: yeah they i come that. i come from i come from a long line of racists i will tell you that I'll be honest with you. I come from a long line of racists, but I remember when my grandfather... Um, started dropping some when I was older. Obviously, I was an adult then. But my grandfather started talking about some, you know, he just rambling off with his fucking racist diatribe or whatever yeah. he's doing. And I screamed at my grandfather finally because I was old enough to to have that voice in yeah. in the family. You know, yeah. you don't scream at your grandfather when you're six, but yeah. when you're 16, you got something to say. Yeah. And so I remember that Thanksgiving dinner when I screamed at my grandfather and I was like, you know, you don't use the N word, you don't say that kind of shit, you know, what what the fuck is wrong with you? And my auntie said to me, she goes, "Well, he grew up in a different time." Uh, and no. let me tell you something about this. And I, what I told her, and what I will tell all your listeners right now, is that if you see an old person being racist, uh the fact that they are old is not an excuse to be nope. racist. Let's just say this, this means that they have lived through decades of civil rights fights. They have seen decades of, uh, you know, all these um, protests and stuff like that. And it just means that they haven't learned a fucking thing throughout their life. So they don't get a pass from me.
0: And that kind of jives with what I was saying is, that, uh, you know, you go, you come to a certain point where you can start thinking for yourself mm-hmm. and then you make a conscious decision to either do what's right or to continue to do your BS. Right. And I think that, that anyone who is racist today, they're just, they're willfully choosing to ignore they have the to wrongness be, of what they're because doing. Because they've
1: lived especially yeah. if they're older. I mean, if they're in their fifties or sixties, they live through, you know, the Martin Luther King speech, or they live through uh, you know, all these exactly. civil rights protests and fights. And if they have willfully decided to ignore that, then they of course will still be racist. But uh, yeah, so I don't give them a pass. Yeah. I absolutely cannot yeah. give them a pass. You live through all this shit and all you're telling me is you haven't <laughs> Learn the fucking thing. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Exactly. No, I, you know, we went down this, this thread here, you know, talking about, I guess, the social aspects of, of, of schooling, but, but that's, that was my experience. Yeah. I can't imagine. That's can't how we know. got into it. You asked me, yeah. you, you said something about my college, ex- <laughs> we or were my high my college experience. We are talking college. But, but what is, what is interesting, uh the guy that I'm probably going to end up having on my podcast, he mm-hmm. said, some, and a couple other, my old classmates said something that it's just been recently. Uh, because of what's going on, you know, and all the focus on on uh, systemic racism in the states, it's just now that they're starting to go back and think through things about how I and the other few black people that went through that school, what was our experience? It's just now. So it's very. It's just now that some of them are saying. This they is need decades to later. Decades later, dude. They're my age or a year younger or a year older. You know, right. late forties, early fifties, and they're saying that it's just now. They're starting to reevaluate the way they think about that.
1: Well, because you know, I guess, I, I there's absolutely no excuse. I, it's just the ignorance that was back then, and we know more now. Yeah. And um, you know, people of color have had more voice to express their. Uh, you know, express their experience. Yeah. Um, because when you're raised with a racist parent, like I was, you know, uh, obviously I never talked to a black person to, at least in my younger years. So before I was like six or seven, before I went well, to Well, that's school. the
0: thing. You didn't have any experience I didn't to have say anything it. against what you were being taught. No. Yeah. I didn't exactly. have it. And,
1: and so I didn't have any, any other side to it. It's just, well, when your daddy tells you something and that's the fucking truth. Yeah. So, so I was scared of black people my first couple of years, but I remember And I will always remember this young boy when I was in first or second grade. His name was William and he was a black boy and he was the black boy in my class, you know, because I went to pretty much a fucking cracker ass school. (laughs) (laughs) So I went to a school and I remember William was in my class and he sat next to me and um, he asked me to borrow my brown crown because he wanted to we were coloring faces and all he had was the peach or the white or whatever. And he asked me if he can borrow my brown crown. And I said, why? And he goes, well, cause I wanted to make it look like me. And and yeah. for some reason, that moment, it clicked on me that we weren't given any brown crowns in that classroom. Yeah. He, we had peach, we had white, we had, um, even some yellows and oranges and stuff. Yeah. Well, we didn't have any brown
0: crowns. And the thing is, is a lot of people will try and trivialize that. But when you, Put that up on top of every other negative experience that black people are going to experience, especially at that age, because of the color of their skin, right. that means something. That they don't have a brown crayon. They don't have
1: a fucking brown crayon and I remember it thinking like, something. Why don't that we that have a fucking brown crayon? It was the most ridiculous thing in my head because I'm like, obviously, if you look around my classroom, most of us are white. We had like one Hispanic person and one black kid, William, and there was no brown crayons. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. And I remember that was the day that I, I it kind of clicked to me. It's, that it's it was. A,
0: it's, a, it's accumulation of experiences like that. Mm-hmm. And it happens time after time, you know, different things, but small things, but different mm-hmm. things. And a lot of them, it will do something to that black or brown child. It's got to, but and I can't
1: imagine it because I'm white. You know what I mean? I can't, I can sympathize. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, the but but problem
0: can't. is, is that white people, uh, too many white people will just totally throw that statement out the window. Right. Oh, come on, John, yeah. that's not such a big deal. It is a big deal. It is. It like was I a said, big
1: deal to my six year old self or exactly. six or seven. It was a big deal that he leaned over and said, can I have a crayon that yeah. I can color my own skin color? And I was like,
0: and Why don't so you easy, have one? If that was yeah. the only experience that that kid had, then okay, he'll get over that. Right. But when it's that little experience, and then another one. And then the girl who, who says she loved to date him, but she can't because her father... father be oh, dead.
1: let's go there, oh, too. Boy. Let's go there. I remember... <laughs> <laughs> Being so in love with this black boy in high school, I yeah. was so in love. But I kn- William was it? A, no, it wasn't was William. It, no, no, no it, the, the, okay. the William was like in, when I was seven. You right, know, right, okay. but so now, now I'm in, in high, high school, school okay. in Florida, and I was so in love with this black boy. I was. So he was. Do like, you have a Jerry
0: curl? What What year was this? Uh, this was.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm younger than You're you, younger John. Than you. We didn't is- do the Jerry curl. There's no plastic uh, on our sofa. Right. Okay. Right. <laughs> But well, no, he didn't have a Jerry but he did have a flat top. Remember, kid and play. Yes, I do. Word.
0: (laughs) Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yeah, yeah, that nice. He had it
1: all straight and tight. You know what I mean? So you like that. I was so in love with him. I was so in love with him. But I remember that um, I wanted to go ask him out on a date. And all the girls knew I wanted to ask him out on a date. Uh So they, of course, told him. She thinks she's so cute and whatever. And then he came up and asked me out on a date. And I had to tell him no because uh, my dad would kill me
0: if I brought a black boy home. And that sense of otherness mm-hmm. that is a huge fist in the face to a teenage boy, yeah, to hear something like that, I can't even imagine well, I heard it. I'm sure a you lot. did. A I'm lot. sure you did
1: a lot. That's how it was back then. And probably still is. It's absolutely ridiculous and heartbreaking because, well, you know, me and him could have been great together. You know what sure. I mean? He was, he sure. was, a, we had the same interests. He was a nerd yeah. like I was. We loved us some Star Trek.
0: He you had know? Plenty, of, plenty of lotion. You could Plenty buy. of lotion,
1: <laughs> man. He had that great lotion. He had that good lotion. You know what I mean? <laughs> and not only that, but his mama made that good food. That's soul food, yeah. and I love soul food because you know yeah. I, I do have black folk in my family. So yes, you do. I, I you have am, an uncle, right? Oh, I have an right. uncle. Yes, yeah. and I, I know all about the pork chops and all the stuff. and the collard greens and all really? that stuff. His mama made the good food, but uh, yeah, I wasn't allowed to, or well, wasn't that I wasn't allowed to? It was just that my father taught me so much racism. Yeah. that i knew that if i asked him can i go on a date with this boy you knew i be, knew it was i already knew it was going to be bad so yeah. i just already shunned him not shunned him but uh yeah. kind of dropped him immediately because yeah. i knew my dad wouldn't accept it
0: and that's and what so girl tragic. wants to go yeah and what girl wants to go through that well the, what he, girl wants to clash with their father at that age
1: at that age yeah because what they say is that the parent of the opposite sex of you is going to be the most influential person in your love life later on. So like you, John, your mom, however you and your mom got along, Uh it would tell you what kind of woman you're probably going to date in the future or whatever. Right. And so my dad was my opposite sex, obviously. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was so racist that I was so afraid. Yeah.
0: To, oh, that's was terrible! It
1: was terrible because then but, you're 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 skipping me out on a huge population yeah, of great yeah. dudes. You know what
0: I mean? But the, but the beauty of that is is that you were you, you you got to the point where you thought for yourself.
1: I did. I got lucky. I got well, I don't know what lucky or whatever, but I just got I got wise. I guess you can say it's just that whenever I finally broke myself free of the family, I left when I was sixteen. You know, I left the house and I went to the well, military. See, it's a
0: personality trait. You have that sense of adventure that sense of individuality mm. that was strong enough to where you could break away from your f- but not only that but i always and- i
1: always knew it was wrong john i yeah. always knew even as a young girl like i said you know yeah. seeing william in my you know when i was seven or whatever and and i loved you know william and a, and a brother Louie. and after that i kept all my black friends secret yeah i did I kept all my black friends yeah I kept all my black, friends, oh, yeah, I I all my black friends secret but I did have black friends and um you know it's I thought for myself, even from a young age, but I was too afraid to speak out to my parents. Because how does a young kid do yeah, that?
0: Exactly. How does how does a girl, especially a girl who has a father who is like that, how does she mm. go against his wishes? You can't. How does she argue for what she wants and what she thinks is right? Yeah. That's a difficult situation for a teenage girl to be in.
1: It was a very difficult situation. But now, now as an adult, I look back and I am ashamed. That I didn't speak up in the times that I probably should have, or whatever. But then I also understand that my my youth, and my um, you know I was so young. What am I supposed to say to my parents? Yeah. And how am I supposed to fight them? They're feeding me, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and so I do take that into regards. But there's a lot of regret in my youth that I didn't speak up more than than I probably should have, especially in these times now that racism is really in the forefront. Of uh, our government. Yeah, right but now. you know,
0: it's 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 so easy to go back and regret that you didn't stand up and you didn't say this or that or the other that you did do this, that, but you know, you're in the life that you're in now. I am. And and uh you just gotta start, you know, dealing with what's in front of you now. Right. I I, <laughs> I used to beat myself up all the time and think, Why didn't I go to okay, the teachers didn't get involved mm-hmm. when I felt they should have. So why didn't I just speak up and tell them?
1: Right. Oh, see now you're beating I yourself put th- up. Exactly. Yeah. yeah.
0: And and I and I can't do that. I got to stop that because, you know, when it's all said and done, uh, I think I'm a good guy. I think I'm a decent person. you a good and, man. Yeah. And, and I and I'm and I I think I'm living a good life. Mm-hmm. So I can't I can't hold on. Yeah. Do I have anger? About those days, I used to. Mm. I used to be very angry. Uh, I was a very angry, even though it didn't manifest its, itself, right. except for in, in athletics. But I was a very angry preteen and teen. I was. I can imagine. Um, so, I, but, but I got over that. Right. I'm, I'm over the anger. Uh, but what I'm working on now is is getting over the frustration it's almost like i've removed myself from the situation and i'm seeing it as another kid another teenager who has experienced that and i feel sorry for that kid
1: oh yeah, yeah. you you're looking outside yourself exactly and yeah. i need to stop
0: that because i feel i don't know i i don't know how, how to analyze it completely but i feel that that way of dealing with it is holding me back in some way. Yeah, it could be,
1: but that. it could I, be your way of processing it. I mean, I know that, you know, I've been through some trauma in my life and uh, in the trauma that I've been through, you know, sometimes when I'm sleeping, yeah. uh, I see that trauma happening again yeah. or whatever, but then I'm a third person. I'm a third party. I can see it physically from the outside. And that could be a great way to work through it, to be honest with you. is it, If you're not... Uh, mentally in the situation and you can see yourself outside the situation, yeah. seeing it from the outside, yeah. you might get a different perspective of what had happened. And you Maybe might, that's my
0: brain is just trying to do the best deal with it in the best you're just way. Working possible. through right. it,
1: man, yeah. you're working through it and that's trauma for you. That's, that's, yeah. that's a key point in trauma is that, you revisit that situation. It's kind of PTSD, man. I got to be honest yeah. with you because I have PTSD. Yeah. And I know that every once in a while when I'm sleeping or sometimes when I'm just sitting on the couch, I have these flashes of memories of what had happened. And then sometimes I have these flashes, flash of memories of what I should have done when that happened. yeah, And I didn't do that. So then you feel the guilt and yep. the trauma That's all over again. That's
0: definitely what I'm going through. Not, you know That's PTSD, man. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, it's um, it's real. It's real, and it pu- and it brings forth a very physical re- reaction. You know, I can get the cold sweats. I can get the higher heart rate. I can get the adrenaline rush. Mm-hmm. I can get the feeling of fear. Uh-huh. Uh, it is. It's a
1: fight or flight situation that yeah. you feel in a status of calm which you can be sitting there at dinner and all of a sudden you get the the heartbeat going and the sweats going and then all of yeah. a sudden there's a fight or flight even though there's no reason to run there's no danger right there in the middle yeah. of where you're at you'll get that feeling yeah. and ptsd is no shit which makes me even more pissed off <clears throat> not to get political but you know how i do uh you know trump was t- calling uh military people yes losers and suckers yep this week. Yep. Did you hear any of that? Yes,
0: I did. I'm very yeah. much involved. Well, involved. I'm very, I've, I've looked very much at that case Yeah, quite deeply. I've done a lot mm. of research and I am right now, as we speak, debating whether or not I should have an overtly political solo Saturday episode and tackle that whole thing. You might have disgusting.
1: to. It is so disgusting, John, and it is so fucking offensive. Yes, it is so unbelievably offensive that uh, he calls people who join the military, just who join the military, they're suckers. And then the ones who die, they're the losers. Yep. And fuck him with his five deferments with his bone spurs. Because of his five deferments, he sent five other men in his place to Vietnam. And I don't know who died. I don't know. I guarantee you at least one of them did. At least, was statistically, well, at least one of them did. Yep. Uh, because of his little bone spurs, and he wants to call us losers and suckers. And that, for me, pisses me off to no fucking end. John. It makes my
0: blood boil. You know, I joined the U.S. Marines uh, in the uptick to uh, the first Gulf War. I joined mm-hmm. ready to go and fight. Right. Am I a sucker? apparently
1: apparently but thank fuck you're not a loser right because you came home (laughs) at least i survived at least you didn't come home in a body bag or in a draped in a a no no, it's
0: it's i think i think it's it's pathetic and 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 just as disgusting as his words are because first of all i believe he said it uh it's not just some ultra left-wing uh pundit who is making this claim uh several news sources even including Fox, news. Fox News Fox News have confirmed have confirmed this. Yeah. Okay? Uh so I believe that the, the man said those things. So it's not only that he said that, but it's that his followers think that that's okay at the same time as they claim a monopoly on patriotism. Right.
1: They claim the monopoly on patriotism and they love their troops. They're the ones with the stickers all over their goddamn Ford F-150s as they support the troops. But if you support the troops, then you will support them not dying and you you will honor them, not call them suckers and losers. This is like the most disgusting fucking thing because, you know, people like us, we, we, we signed on and And we knew what we were signing on for. We did it for, because we loved our country and we wanted to do something um, to support our country. And then to call us suckers and losers, especially the ones who, who died out there. Yeah. I mean, you know, people who died. I know people who died for sure. And And
0: it's disgusting that they give him a pass on this. They do. But I hope, I hope, you know, it's still early. It's only been a few days that this information has come out. I hope and pray that some of these sources on that story will come forward with their name
1: i come hope so, forward
0: too. and say yes this unnamed source is me mm-hmm. by the way since when is the media not allowed to use unnamed sources in their reporting the it's media's been always done, done that it's been done so many times before but again this maniac in the white house comes out with this idea that there's something unethical about unnamed sources and people just believe it. That's you, not if true. He, he says it. He says it often enough, and then people start believing. That's
1: it. the problem with with his his certain brand of narcissism. I know well, you he's got to,
0: that straight out of Mein Kampf. He's got it. Yeah. Hitler wrote, uh, not to give him a shout out, but Hitler did. <laughs> <laughs> but he did write. Sorry, I was drinking my tea. Right he did write. write. Shout out to Hitler. Woo-hoo! <laughs> All right. But he did write in Mein Kampf, and I'm paraphrasing. I don't remember the exact. Uh, way he phrased it but he said that if you want to control the masses you tell them your lie you say it loud enough you say it often enough and then they will accept it as the truth this is true. that is exactly what this man is doing
1: well not in comparison to that also hitler also had the um he he did the same tactic of talking about how the media were liars mm. You know, he, he said that it was it was all fake news with him, too. If anybody checked him up on it, that's, this is like the typical narcissistic game. You know, it's you don't believe your eyes and ears. Only believe what I say. He said that literally.
0: Yeah. Word for word. He did say that. Did he? Yes, absolutely. Mm. Way back in the beginning of his presidency, he said something to that effect. Uh, yeah, you don't believe what you see on the news. Don't yeah. believe it. It's not the truth.
1: It's not the truth. Oh, good Lord. I mean, these people have degrees. It is some fucking creepy shit. This whole George world that Romo. we're living in. Oh my god, it's it's terrifying. It is.
0: You got me worked up on this. I do. I got you worked up. <laughs> and do I need to? Should I apologize that we came away from the original topic? Or no, just, you know why? I we think we went. We went
1: somewhere great. I think we went somewhere important because I was just talking about how, like, I was just going to talk about how my friend Stefan, um, <laughs> my friend, shout out my friend Stefan from Kai fi House, you know, about the college experience of. Uh, here in Norway, there's no fraternity, there's no parties, there's no fun, there's no connection or whatever. Oh. And then I remember back in, you know, the Kai fi house, back in FIT or whatever, that, you know, my f- friend Stefan... Uh, he used to work at this fireworks place. Yeah, I think it's called Phantom Fireworks or something. You know, one of those big yeah. chain stores where yeah, they sell fireworks. The warehouse. And he worked there. And then one time, like, they were closing down the shop. And so he brought home like $10,000, not kroner, $10,000. That's like 100,000 kroner worth of fireworks to the Kai-Fi house. And then we just pour gasoline on it and set that shit on fire. And then, you know, that's a great time. We don't have.
0: (laughs) That's nuts.
1: So I think we went on to more important topics, Jeff. Right right away. (laughs) Besides, you know, doing uh, keg stands and shit like that. I think we
0: went somewhere great. Well, there's something. I I, I get a sense of freedom. I get a sense of relief when I talk, uh, now that I spoke about. Uh, and, and we talk about this, or uh, we've we've begun to talk about this uh, off the air. Uh, you know, working on my my book that I'm gonna I'm have so to dig excited. up. Oh yeah, me too. I'm so excited that I'm gonna have to dig up. You know, some memories and some right. feelings, and because
1: I I don't know if your listeners are are. are quite aware but uh you asked me to be your ghostwriter on this book yeah. and i am so excited um really excited but i'm gonna ask you some hard questions john
0: sure and i want you to yeah yeah you can use this stuff that we've that i spoke you know that's material for the book uh, this is open stuff yeah. but i'm gonna ask you some hard sure, shit sure. you know some hard shit
1: that uh sure. I, when i when i write something when i write a book when i do an interview when i write any kind of article uh, you know, I'm I'm not exactly Jim Acosta or anything, but I do <laughs> go into the Baba Wata. Uh, yeah. No, but that's what—that's exactly what I it. want. Yeah. and
0: and that's been what has held me up. Um, I've been I've been starting and stopping this book project, for, yeah, for years. For too long. But I, I, for me to actually sit down and write it is too. It's been too uh, emotional. <laughs> but but when I sit and I and I talk to you for those who are listening basically what I'll do is I'll talk to Tiffany or I'll go on the microphone and I'll record myself telling my story I'll send that off to Tiff. <clears throat> so um that seems to be easier.
1: I think so because maybe
0: because it's the, pr- the, the it, it's a it's a time issue. When I'm speaking, I'm just getting it out. Whereas if I sit and write, I have to actually think about it. Right, and that's been too much. And you
1: have to stop about you know, yeah. are my paragraphs great? Did I put punctuation here or whatever? Right, but it's right. better if you just you just tell me your stories. And, uh, and well, you that's know. one
0: of them. Yeah, my my that's part of it actually. You know, is is my experience through uh, through my entire school years. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I think those years also put a big, big damper on my college experience. What, the high school years? Sure. Yeah? Remember, that was years of me feeling like I didn't belong right. and I wasn't good enough. Right. Uh, it made me feel isolated socially. And I took all that with me to, to college. college. Yeah. Oh, man. I took it all with me. I did not enjoy my time there like I should have.
1: But, you know, was it, cause I want to hope me. I want to hope, you know, I'm just a white girl, so I don't know, but I want to <laughs> hope, I want to hope that when you go into college, people are a little more enlightened and people are maybe a little less under the thumb of their parents, their racist parents, or whatever. And yes. then maybe at some yes. point, I'm will. not saying as a freshman, but maybe by the time they become seniors in in college, that maybe they've met enough black people or colored people in some way that they can get to know them and have a connection. Like I don't, I don't know because, like I said, I grew up with a black uncle, so I don't. Yeah. Even though I had a racist dad. And obviously my uncle and my dad did not hang out. But, you know, but my yeah. racist uncle or my racist dad, my uncle was, uh, my black uncle was like my favorite uncle. And so he taught me. As it, from a young age sure. a little bit about the culture. Sure. I mean like you know he taught me about collard greens you know he sure. taught me about how to make the good food and how to dance even though I'm a little white girl but I still try to dance. And then
0: just being around him I'm sure you just you you, you know by osmosis you just kind of brought in I did. a lot of knowledge just by being around yeah,
1: him. Yeah because he also brought me around his family you know exactly. what I mean and so I was invited quote unquote to the barbecue. To the bar- literally. I yeah. was literally invited to the barbecue and let me tell you something about the fucking barbecue white people white people if you haven't been if you have not been invited to the barbecue get yourself invited to the barbecue because there's the electric slide the whole goddamn family like four or five generations out in the yard dancing together and having good food and stuff like i can't i couldn't imagine why there is hatred there yeah, because yeah. what a fucking great time I had and great people and so it's
0: if people it's, stop talking about politics if people put their racism aside and just sit down and talk mm, with the other side you will see take you a will minute. see that there is no difference
1: well besides the food the food is amazing so work on good. that but, uh, <laughs> it might sound racist but black people make good food and they make good food <laughs> but no, the um
0: those, those school years for anybody, not just for me, no. but I think the school years for anybody are quite important. That is when you are getting your feet wet socially. That's when mm. you're learning your limits, mm. what you can and can't do socially right. where you fit in. Um, it's a process of maturity, I think. It is. And if something gets in the way of that. You're going to carry that with you for the, for the rest tough. of your life.
1: But the good news is that wild children are in school while they are in school. They're not under the thumb of their parents at that moment. So it's possible that they can There's branch out. There's yeah. a potential yeah. that they can, um, you know, uh, blend themselves in with a group of people yeah. that are different culture and stuff. And that was my, also another saving grace besides having the black uncle or whatever, the black family, yeah. but at school, that boy, William. And uh, when I was seven, yeah. I remember yeah. him very well. And, And then uh, growing up through school, uh, you know, just getting to blend together with different people of different colors and races and stuff, going to a Jewish bat mitzvah, going here, you know what I mean? And doing all the different cultural things. That's very, very important. Um, But, yeah, your parents have a a big say in, in who you might become when you're young. But I hope... Hope, hope, hope that um, school and college will help people to branch out a little bit more um, with with <laughs> I wonder, loving.
0: I wonder how many white girls who all through high school, uh, they might have had a crush on a black guy, but they never did anything that was because, me. because, of, I because right. of their father. But then they go to college. <sighs> yeah. With yeah. <laughs> team, with all this on a whole lot of black guys. Yeah. No Daddy's, cute not, ones. Daddy's not there anymore. Uh-huh.
1: Uh, and now they're all like built because they're in the, like early twenties or whatever. <laughs> they right. they got their muscles now. That's you know right. what I mean? They're looking all fine.
0: <laughs> I was uh, I was a running back in high school and college and and in yeah. I think I was uh, I was eleven years old when I started lifting weights.
1: Eleven? S- when you? Yeah, yeah. Shut absolutely. the front door. Get yep. the
0: fuck out of here with years that bullshit. Old. Eleven? Years Is that old. even healthy to start sure, lifting weights absolutely. when you're eleven? Absolutely. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. So by the time I was like a junior in high school, I was thick and muscular and lean. You and, was and
1: thick with a double C. And then, I, and then I go to college <laughs> and
0: then you start lifting weights with even more structure in college yeah. and stuff. And yeah, you know. <laughs> you was thick with a double C, baby. Get that oh, booty with out a there. C. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, you but it's a, uh, I don't know. I, I think they're missing something. Well, I don't know. Here in Norway, they're not missing it because they don't know about it.
1: No. I just wonder
0: how that would change the very dynamic of Norwegian society. The, you know, that was also
1: another interesting thing that I was thinking about in college here, that yeah. I'm in college here. I mean, I'm I'm literally in school with, like, probably 90% blonde hair, blue-eyed, Aryan-looking motherfuckers, you know. Mm-hmm. And and so there there's very little... Um, you know, diversity at school. There are some of us foreigners that are there, but there's very
0: little. We get that diversity in American college. We get it. We get it. Yeah.
1: But that's the whole thing that confuses me that we have the diversity in American college, but there's a lot more racism in American colleges. You would think that all that diversity would, I want to challenge you. yeah, challenge me, baby. You know, I'm all about that.
0: that. Mm. I have experienced, well, I was about to say I've experienced more racism here in Norway than I ever did back home. I have to think about that. But the is racism, it racism or xenophobia?
1: That's the question because uh, I even I experience let me xenophobia. Just,
0: yeah, let me melt those two things Metals. together. Yeah. And I will slightly rephrase it and I'll say that the racism that I've experienced here in Norway is definitely more consequential Really, and the very fact that Snoopy and I were kept on three different occasions from buying the home that we wanted, Get because the I'm out of here three times. Yeah, three times, yeah. and people say, "Oh, come on, John, how do you know that?" Well, we know this because, um, you know, I, I speak fluent Norwegian, very, but I always speak only English with Snoopy. So we would be at these showings speaking English, mm-hmm. and then the 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 um, the real estate agent or the homeowner i guess they just assume that we cannot speak norwegian uh, i'm yeah. a black guy and we're speaking english Obviously. and snoopy is speaking the way she speaks english it doesn't sound like a norwegian no. <laughs> so they assume that she's probably a foreigner maybe whatever yeah. you know yeah yeah so they say things yeah thinking that we don't understand what they're saying i love that one and, and and we had uh, one time um uh, a lady said that she was out at, an, at a farm way up in, uh, in Liyad, uh, the next county yeah, over, yeah. saying that uh, whatever you do, do not sell this house to that so-and-so. <gasps> um, don't do that. I don't want to ruin the neighborhood, she oh, said. Oh, Lord. And, and you can't get around that. I, that's racist. I mean, that, that that's is that's, pure that's, racism. That's, that's, There's nothing that's left to interpretation. No,
1: there. no. Holy um,
0: shit. There was another one where it, it'll take a long time to tell the whole story, but let, let it suffice to say that the real estate agent blocked us from getting a home. And we know this because in the end the home got sold to a friend of mine, not like a close friend, but All I right. know this guy right. and he ended up getting that house and then comparing What he said about what the real estate agent told him, Uh it's quite obvious. Again, nothing left to interpretation that he blocked us from getting that home. That's cold blooded. And we put it together. Yeah. So, so, so that's some consequential stuff. They're messing with where we are able to live and start our life. This is years ago when we were first getting started. Right, right, right. And that. Changes the stream, the flow of your the course of your life. That's some consequential stuff, right? There. It
1: is because that's a big
0: thing. Buying nothing, a house, nothing like that has ever happened to me in the states.
1: Huh? Never. So, do you think that perhaps, and this is just my guess, because, like I said, I'm just a white girl. So, do you think that perhaps uh both racism and xenophobia played a part in Come together and make this like perfect storm of yes. hatred and fear yeah, of the people because you not only are you black yeah. but you're also, also not like, norwegian exactly yeah and so so now you have this because i know i just i experienced this the the not norwegian you know fucking speak norwegian you fucking yeah. you know little short person with mm-hmm. hair but i'm still white yeah. so people don't know i'm not norwegian until i speak and then they fucking know because it's like an accent exactly but you don't have an accent but they do know that you're not Norwegian because you speak English to your wife, it's which funny. is
0: normal. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because um, because I do speak very clean, straightforward uh, Norwegian. I can have a phone conversation that might go on for several conversations. Mm. You know, maybe it's something... To do with a you know a hospital or a doctor's office, or or some business that we're going to do some kind of work with, and I speak with them, and I have no idea that I'm not Norwegian, at least no idea that I'm black, and then I show up there, and all of a sudden the good cooperation that I and again this is something that people they'll they'll try to just brush this oh John come on you're too sensitive don't freaking tell me I'm too sensitive when I walk into that doctor's office or that business or whatever after having several phone conversations that have led up to that meeting. And then all of a sudden when they see me, it's different. The goodwill is gone. Everything. The cooperation is gone. The mutual respect is gone. You can't tell me you doubting Norwegian. You can't tell me that I am not experiencing racism. Right. You can't tell me that. No,
1: no. And you know, it it made me, it made me think about that picture. I took pictures this morning, Yeah. this morning, uh, at the train station in my little town, Porschegren, because uh, I was coming up here to visit you. And there was a sign that even said Racisma Freebie.
0: Yeah, it's it. what it said. You saw, saw that? It.
1: Yes, It's a racist free town is what it says. And I remember I took a picture of it this morning that, because yeah. I'm like, that's bullshit. <laughs> 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 that's absolutely bullshit. It's a nice thought, but it's absolutely yeah. bullshit. There's all, yeah. Yeah. there's certainly racism in our town. Um, but I can't imagine the racism combined with xenophobia as well, because I've only experienced the xenophobia. That's what I experienced. And that for me, John, that for me, is enough for me to make me go fucking crazy that I don't want to go out. So I can't imagine what it's like for people who are also colored in any way of skin, you know, not just black, but they can be, yeah, Pakistani Pakistani or or anything. We have a lot of Somalians and we have a lot of um, Asians, even Thai people that are in in my town. And I can't imagine to have that coupled up with that. And how is that a good life for you here? Is that a good life for anybody here?
0: I'll say this, Uh, you know, I talked about how screwed up things were when I was going to school and and that I'm still carrying that baggage now, but all in all, I'm a well-rounded person. I feel very secure in most situations. Uh, I'm smart. I'm well-read. And I was raised to be tough. Yeah. So that gets me through the crap that I see here when it comes to racism and or xenophobia, right. I'm able to rise above it. it. You know, it'll, it'll make me angry at the moment, in the moment or it'll hurt my feelings in the moment. Yeah. Uh, I'll be affected by it, but I'm able to internalize that and just keep on marching.
1: You right? can just keep on marching without stopping it and smacking somebody upside Absolutely. the fucking head because Absolutely.
0: I can't. Because I, look- I am the kind of person and Snoop tells me this is to a fault but I'm the kind of person who will go, I go out of my way to avoid conflict.
1: Oh, God bless Physical your heart. Physical or verbal bless conflict. Bless your heart, I, go I find it. out
0: of my way <laughs> and I just stay quiet. Really? Yeah. I am the exact opposite of you. Well, the, 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 the detriment is when I can't control myself, uh-huh. I go nuts
1: oh so you let it build you let it fester for a little while and, and then you explode like this,
0: i'm talking like this will happen like maybe once every three two or three years oh so you let it build that long oh, dude yes. no 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 child oh, you yes. gotta let
1: let the fucking
0: fumes out everyone tells a while. me that all the time but mm-hmm. i just i i i'm very conscious of my otherness mm. i don't want to be Another front page story in uh in Vega, the the big big Norwegian uh-huh. newspaper. You know, gone. Yet another yet another immigrant goes crazy and does this no, and I don't gonna, wanna be that
1: guy. I'm gonna be that girl. <laughs> I'm I'm ready to go. Like well, I, see,
0: I don't wanna be that guy and, and I do everything I can to avoid Conflict.
1: Bless your heart, honey. Bless your I don't know I don't know what that's like. What I don't have (laughs) no idea what that's like because I am the first person to speak up. I'm the first person to holler. I'm the one that holler at somebody that's not wearing a mask on the train, which I did this morning. Go fuck yourself. (laughs) Get away from me, you infested fucker. So I don't know what that's like. But I also have the added bonus of being white. Well
0: and well see, and there you go. There you go. I, I I do believe I you want to know the latest uh, the most recent experience this was back in the winter time Mhm <laughs> It's just funny <laughs> Snoop gets me in trouble she she, she pushes me <laughs> towards trouble all the time Okay Blame Snoop her. was driving I'm sitting in a passenger seat and we were in line at the um at the Statoil uh, yeah. gas station this is before they went over to or maybe they had gone over to Circle K by then Anyway we're at the gas station to wash the car Right The hand wash not the machine wash Right and as we pulled in front of the, you know, the garage door was down, there was another car in there. Excuse me. And as we pull into the garage, there's another car, not really in line, but off to the side, kind of. So Snoop kind of gestures with her hand and the raised eyebrows, you mm-hmm. know, uh, are you are you going to go? Because
1: New Agents don't know how to queue up. They sure don't. They sure the fuck don't. So the guy don't. kind of <laughs> just like, kind of
0: like halfway put up his hands and shook his head. No, which both Snoop and I interpreted as, He's not in line. Right. And again, there were no other cars even close to being in line. Right. So we pull up and uh, a couple of minutes go by. The garage door goes up. Another car comes out. Snoopy pulls in. And then here comes this guy. I'd say he was maybe 55, 55 years old, roughly, comes storming up to the driver's side of the car. Your, your side. No, no. I was in a passenger oh, seat. You were, Snoop was
1: driving. Oh, okay. Okay.
0: Cursing and saying, you know, what the heck are you doing? Jumping in line. I was next. Huh. This is not the guy that we checked, you know, with the hand signals. This was somebody else. Completely random. And mm. Snoopy was kind of, you know, she's tough. She's, she's tough. even she, smaller than you.
1: Yeah. But she's she, more you know, feisty than I am. Oh, too. absolutely. Oh
0: yeah. So she's you know, standing, you know, chest bumping with this guy. Fuck know, yeah. Yeah, you know, back off. You know, I would have held
1: her earrings.
0: Okay. So I, of course, my <laughs> mm-hmm. my my African savannah lion, male lion, <laughs> came into gear and I come around the side of the car, stand between them, and without raising my voice, just as calm as I'm talking to you now, I say, Why don't you step back and you and I can talk about this? Right. Say I say this in Norwegian. Well, he steps forward to me. Actually, was standing on my on my toes with his nose like one half an inch away from me, and he starts cussing me out. You're a big dude, man. I I wouldn't step to you. He's he's maybe five years older than me, and he's 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 far from
1: strong or in shape. He's got to be drunk.
0: <laughs> no, no, I, no, alco- no alcohol on him. No, really? no, no drugs that I could tell. He was just mad. Well, then of course he has to turn to the racist stuff. Mm, yeah, you black son of a gun. What are you doing? Da da da. Why are you jumping? And I'm like, first of all, sir, I didn't jump in line. I wasn't driving. As right. you know, my wife was driving. But you're not going to step up on my wife like that. Let's. T-. And the whole time while I'm talking. Uh, you know, through my hand gestures and, mm-hmm. and movements, I'm slowly moving this guy back away from the garage. Right. Good for you. So Snoop was able to close the garage and she's just washing the car. And this guy is escalating, talking louder. We're in the parking lot now. Right. Talking louder. In public. Curs- cursing even more, saying even more racist things. Mm-hmm. And I started to get that feeling where I know that, the point is coming to where I can't talk to this guy anymore right? because he, he's getting, he wasn't getting physical, but he was getting physically aggressive. If you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. He was stepping up to you. He was, he was invading your private And space. I'm the kind of yeah. person
0: who I, do not believe... I don't really care what they teach kids in school. I don't believe in waiting until the other person hits you. No. Like, it comes <laughs> Word It comes to a certain point in any kind of an argument. If I can or smell con- your
1: breath, you're getting hit. Well, yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. It comes to a certain point in any confrontation where you feel physically threatened. And right. at that point, I do believe that you should be allowed to defend yourself. Absolutely. But, and all of this is going through my head. It may- might have taken a microsecond for this evaluation mm-hmm. to go in my head. I'm like, I could put my hands on this guy and I can call it self-defense. It probably would be self-defense legally. Right. But I'm a big black foreigner. And in the eyes
1: of these white ass fucking Norwegians, you would have been the aggressor. So
0: I, I did something that I am very proud of at the same time as when Mm -hmm. I go over this incident, I wish I would have just decked the guy. Yeah. But I'm very proud of what I did. I walk into the gas station and this guy is like right on me, right in my ear. Dude. And I walk into the gas station and there's like four or five people there. They've been watching this through the window. Mm. And um, Mm -mm. having them as witnesses and then they started getting involved telling this guy that he better back off. He is wrong. that's good. That's good at least. So those other people getting involved and talking to that guy and then he ends up yelling at them and then I was able to just pull myself out of it. Right. But the whole thing is, is that... I, I was very conscious of being this big black foreigner. Right. And it to a certain degree sickens me when I think about that that I had to have that's, that. That's the epitome. In mind.
1: That's the epitome of white privilege. I think or one of the epitome of white privilege is me. Thank you. Me going into that situation, if that happened, obviously he wouldn't have been calling me any raises because 'cause I'm the same race as him. But if I stepped up to him, told him to back a fuck off uh, kicked him in the nuts, dropped him like a sack of shit that he was. Uh, nobody would have batted an eye. Nope. But if you do that, you was yeah. a a big. I mean, let's just say you you got some muscles on you, man. <laughs> even though this guy was clearly the aggressor, he, obviously I know
0: it could very but easily then been you, turned around. Yeah,
1: you would have been the angry black man exactly. who, or the angry foreigner, depending on yep. what what what.
0: And uh, I'm not, not going to no. give them that. But it sickens me, and it's incredibly that frustrating it. that I even have to consider because that. Because I
1: don't like, I don't have to live my life like that. I'm, I, I don't want to say that I'm a, a contentious person or anything. No, but you'll stand I, your ground. I stand my fucking ground. Sure, yeah, sure. and I'm not, I'm not one of those people that use guns, man. I'll no, come yeah, yeah, and yeah. Well, cut you down. D- yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, you, you say, you say stand your ground for, for your from your Florida, side. man. The I'm whole George Zimmerman thing freaks me out. But no, I'm saying you'll fight for your side. I will fight for my side on the argument, and I will step up to a motherfucker, and I, and even though I'm, I'm all of five foot one. <laughs> you know, I will step to a motherfucker, I don't yeah. care, and I will tell them when I think about them, but I don't have the extra burden of thinking about the optics of it, of of where I am and oh my god, am I this See, I have to black? Have that.
0: You, have you have to, to have, have that.
1: that. And so I that's another side of white privilege that I don't think everybody really it, gets. It, it. Here's here's just yeah. to
0: round off that story. Um <laughs> this was incredibly touching. And it made me really appreciate those people. But two guys, I'm sorry, one guy, uh, his girlfriend, and the guy who was working behind the cash register, all of them gave me without me asking, all of a sudden, I get a piece of paper in my hand. Because I had come outside, finally that guy left and then I came outside just to make sure he didn't try to go into the the garage where where Snoop was washing the car. And then the the guy behind the the register comes out with a piece of paper with their phone numbers written on it saying that if this guy tries to say that I instigated this or that I was aggressive, that I have them. That happened in Norway? Yeah. Right down the street, actually. Strangers
1: got involved in an right? altercation in Norway. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, don't yeah, get hub- involved yeah. in altercations. No, but they did, but
0: they, they, they did that. And, really? And it was incredibly touching. But at the same time, you know, I, I wish I could just say, wow, that was very touching, very nice of them. But at the same time, it made me sad.
1: That it had to happen. That
0: they had to they do that. They felt
1: like they had to do that because... Isn't that you're sad? The,
0: you're the black guy. That's sad. And You're it's the so, black guy, obviously. it's so frustrating. Yeah. I, I I think about that incident, and at the same time as I'm proud that I didn't explode, I kept it under control. I even put humor into it. At one point when that guy was in my face, I said, man, I know you want to hit me, but I just want to hug you. Ah, oh, did I said you said <laughs> yes. uh, Yep. said that to him. That was actually right right after we had come inside. And the other people I'm heard i that yeah. next time. Oh, yeah. I said, I know you want me to hit you. I know you want me to, to, to I'm just going to blow you it, a kiss. But I, I, I want to hug you. I <laughs> just want to <laughs> hug you. So That's I'm, brilliant. So I'm, I'm proud of that. But it was you so should
1: be proud because I don't. I don't want to say that I don't have that because I do have control over my emotions. I got times that you know I want to pop a motherfucker off and and I don't do it. But uh, like I said, you know I got that privilege where I can let go a little. I can pop off that steam, pop off that, that top of the, the canister and I can let some steam out more than you're allowed to. And
0: the the thing is, is, is I remain calm through that whole thing. But afterwards Mm -hmm. I got the shakes, the heart started racing, adrenaline, all that stuff. And I got so angry. Yeah. Because you didn't let it out then. Exactly.
1: You swallowed that shit up. I can't imagine having to swallow that shit up daily. I couldn't imagine it because... I just uh,
0: You know, but I, I just don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that angry black dude. I'm yeah. not going to give them that. I'm not no. going to give them that. I'm just not.
1: Now the angry black dude is actually... Uh, it's a very uh, portrayed figure, I yeah. think, in, in especially the movies. Well, Whenever you have the, the police chief, the police <laughs> chief is always an angry black man, right? You yeah, got the, the lethal weapon, and police. he
0: got Everybody all
1: this... He never, <laughs> <laughs> it's always an angry black man, so you yeah. didn't want to... To promote that stereotype, so I well, commend this, you for calming yourself down because I would have fucking punched the dude in the face. I'm not going to lie. I'm
0: very aware. I'm very aware of what society, whether back home or here in Norway, mm. of what society thinks of uh, me, black, black as a black man, and I'm just not going to feed their their xenophobia, their racism, their preconceived notions. I'm just not going to do it. Yeah. Even though it frustrates me. Even though I end up hating myself for a I while, know, least, I'm God. just not going to do that. I'm going to you know, win. I'm going to win in that situation. That takes a
1: level of maturity and insight and uh, like self-honesty. You know what I mean? Like the, the you being honest with yourself. It, it, reality is reality. Sadly, it is the reality. But you have that level of insight to know what reality is and to know uh, how to maneuver in the reality that you're in, sadly that you and have to do that. that's those years
0: as a cop that mm. taught me how to maneuver and how to de-escalate. Right. De-escalate. I don't know how to do Tell that. Hello, modern police officers of today, de-escalate. Learn it.
1: <laughs> learn it. But
0: that is that is uh, it, It's during those years. Not to say that I handled everything proper, but it, I did learn the value, and I learned how to de-escalate through body language. Mm.
1: Through. I got. I got to ask you now, because yeah, John, because yeah. you are a massive beast of a man. <laughs> so, how does one like you? de-escalate a situ- situation with well, you being so you're you're imposing i'm going to say that you're imposing you have this these muscles out to your neck and everything like that you <laughs> you're a bit of imposing how do you deescalate a situation that uh, when somebody's aggressive and they want to fight and everything you look like a guy who wants to fight or looks like a guy who can fight excuse uh-huh. me and i can yeah <laughs> no um, doubt
0: what what i do is um well, just the fact that I don't meet their challenge. Okay. Uh, this has worked uh, in my civilian life, but it's also worked in my my law enforcement life, both here in Norway and back in the States, is that when that aggressive person, maybe they're under the influence of drugs, maybe they're stone cold sober and they just want to fight. Mm-hmm. When I don't meet their aggression with aggression, being this big muscular guy who looks like I can do whatever you look like (laughs) when I don't live up to that expectation it confuses the living daylights out of them and that alone usually will de-escalate you know
1: what I gotta be honest with you not only I can't say just that alone no, it's not just that alone. No, it's your, it. it's yeah. your speaking voice. Everybody, well, all your and listeners can hear yeah. you. sound and I was say like as a well. smooth jazz 107.9. <laughs> you know, you sound if, like. If
0: you guys go on my artist page on Facebook, uh-huh. if you go in on at John Allen Loyal Oak, that's at J O H N A L A N. L O Y A L O A K, or you can go on my website at johnallanpod.com dot com. On my website, you'll see the links to my Facebook, uh, my artist page on Facebook. Go in there and look at some of the the powerlifting training videos and photos that I have up there. I'm a big guy. You're a big I'm, dude. I'm I'm not tall. I'm five eight, but I'm extremely thick and and muscular. Thick not, with
1: a double C. Not baby. as lean as I used to, <laughs> not
0: as lean as I used to be, but I'm still uh, um yeah. So 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 I have an imposing. Right. I'm but you, but you sound talk, like you
1: need to be on a jazz radio station Ralph, and you have Ralph this Malina, very smooth voice.
0: Ralph Molina from Crazy Horse. Yeah. He said one of the first things he said in that episode uh, a couple of days ago was that it blew his mind when I sent him the first voicemail message to plan that episode, he was shocked. I was too. When
1: when I first talked to you, I'm like, who the fuck am I talking to? (laughs) It's funny
0: because, uh, Daniel Erickson. shout out to Daniel from, Uh, from a like, Oh, hi Daniel. He and I had a business relationship for years before we actually met. This is when I was living up North and running my gyms. I had bought some equipment from him. And from those phone conversations, he told me, uh, recently, that mm-hmm. at first for those first couple of years, he thought I was like this blonde-haired, blue-eyed guy, kind of <laughs> looking looked like Neil Young, maybe. <laughs> uh, so, so I get it, I get it. But I use yeah. that in, in 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 situations of conflict. I use my voice uh-huh. and I use my size by not using my size. Right you, it right blows their mind. So it's the voice. It's my size. It's it's my body language. Mm-hmm. You know, just a very act of. You know straightening your spine and Mm -hmm. kind of huffing yourself up that can be so easily interpreted as aggressive right but what i do is i'll put all my and this is a subtle thing Mm -hmm. but i'll put my weight on my back foot which is actually a calm combat stance Mm -hmm. but it Uh it will also lean my body back and that moving back Back, yeah can be a Deescalation. It
1: does escalate. Yeah, like, hands. Uh, yeah.
0: My, you know, open hands, palms of my hands palms facing my, them. Up, as a, yeah. I, I talk with my hands anyway. Yes. But in a conflict situation hands out it can appear very calming yeah
1: see like right now like what as you're you're performing the hands out right now because uh, your listeners can't oh, hear yeah. but you're you were having your hands out now you look like a big teddy bear now when i want to hug you exactly see <laughs> I, sm-
0: I also i smile a lot you do and you got the best I, smile uh, you. you got these white ass teeth I, I, so, so so i smile a lot right uh and i do all of those things and when you put all that together that is yeah. not a man who looks like he wants to fight so it will then Defuse the situation or calm the other person down. That makes sense. It's okay. just something that I learned through all those years yeah. in, in law enforcement. I you know, I
1: wish I would have uh, learned some of that myself because I it I do work. I do
0: not have that de-escalation
1: feature in my body language. In my body so language, no. I'm little man. I'm little. I'm like a little chihuahua. <laughs> But, yeah. <laughs> and i'll bite your fucking ankles and get away from you
0: <laughs> snoop so. snoop has this thing where where it's hard to describe you just have to see it but her eyes get very narrow uh-huh and that pointing finger comes uh-huh. out And it's just so doggone aggressive. (laughs) So so, so you see, it can have, you know, even though she's a small woman, Mm. she can project aggression very easily. So body language is everything.
1: And body language is everything. Yeah. And mean, I guess that's something you have to learn. And I really wish that the police in the States could learn a little more about body because body language is not just so subtle. It's really quite open.
0: We were taught this. We were specifically taught this. We used so much time on this. Uh, at the Police Training Institute in uh, Champaign, Illinois. That's where. I, that's where.
1: Champaign. Well, I- that sounds fancy. <laughs> so that sounds bougie. T- <laughs> so that,
0: that was. That's where I took my, at the University of Illinois. That's where I took my uh, mm-hmm. police uh, police academy uh, training. And we were taught. They called it verbal judo. It was actually verbal was actually, judo. I cannot remember the gentleman's name, but it was actually a method right. that was being taught to to, Ooh, to police like officers that. at the time. Uh, you know how to take that person's aggression and right. turn it around and send it back to them, not as aggression, but as a calming element. Huh. And they told us about tone of voice. They told us about facial expression. Uh-huh. They told us about the words you use.
1: All right. So motherfuckers. So, not so, that vocabulary uh, then. Okay. Any, oh, so damn. So there, scratch there, that one out. So
0: there was none of that. Uh, okay. Sir, listen to me. There was yeah. none of that. It was like, sir. Yeah, I understand that.
1: But are you still so, calm? Sir? Sure. Yeah, so sir is okay sure. then, because, uh, you know, where I come from in, you know, the south, yeah. I'm from the dirty south, you call somebody sir, that's like a... Uh,
0: well, it's all it's, about context. Yeah. And, and sometimes, a lot of times in a situation, you know, it can be, maybe you know their name already, maybe you've run their information through the right. system, you know, na- use use their name.
1: Down south, know? well, down south, we're like, darling, honey, yeah. sugar, it's all right, you know, put the gun down, I would, I would ain't use, nobody want to die here today. I would use
0: brother a lot. Brother, brother, you know,
1: brother. Yeah, brother could work. Brother could work. I can see that because then that makes you kind of like a family. You know, like we're we're together. So so it's it's a
0: combination, and I use I use it to this day. Mm. Uh, It's that combination of body language, the words, the tone of voice. Luckily, I have a soft voice. You do. You sound like butter. See, and that and that alone that alone dampens my. Mm. imposing physique yeah. if I wanted to.
1: Yeah, because I got to be honest with you, the first time I, I didn't hear your voice, I saw you first on yeah. Facebook, and I thought you were going to sound like Debo from Friday. Like <laughs> That was the first thought that I thought you was going to sound like Debo, but then yeah. all of a sudden you, you called me up, and yeah. you sound, to me, immediately, you sounded like some kind of radio station DJ, you know, smooth jazz, like I said, you know, just I talking had, to me in I sleep, and yeah. <laughs> a, friend of,
0: a friend of mine told me that my podcast, or my voice anyway, would fit on NPR radio.
1: Roger that. And or ASMR. You s-
0: yes. Yeah. You should do
1: some ASMR. Well, ASMR should give me a shot. Yeah, holla, holla. Because
0: ASMR, you could do use- Speak silent. Ah. Rub them off You own. know what? Um, I think we I think we talked about that before and I, right. I, I, I should give it a shot, but I, I don't know how to start. And to be honest, it's a little embarrassing. I giggle when I think about doing that. <laughs> You know how you, do you know what I mean? It's like I do because it's weird. Well, it's kind of like the you know, last week when I was talking about your paintings, I'm saying, you know, you could do, you know, right? You got, you, you I get, giggly. yeah, I did, Pelez. So, when people talk, because my voice, I'm just talking, it's just you, yeah, and I don't feel or hear the effect of it. So, when people tell me that kind of stuff, I I get embarrassed. I see, but you. okay, if. I think now with this podcast, enough people have told me yeah. that they, it's okay. It's okay, butter. I'd it's like to use It's melted butter, but but I, I just don't know how I would
1: get but started. A- you know? ASMR, baby, yes. I can help you out. It's all you got to do. I I uh, I use ASMR when I go to bed believe it or It's not. very relaxing. It's very relaxing, but not only that, but I have tinnitus or tinnitus or whatever the fuck they call it, you know. So I have this high pitch squeaking in my ear I all the time yep. when it's silent. So I have to have some co- sort of noise going on in the background in order for me to sleep. Otherwise, the yep. silence is believably it's deafening. Yes, silence is yep. actually deafening for me. I it's so it. loud. Yep. Yep. So I have to use the ASMR, and usually I use like um, because I'm come from Florida and I'm so used to rainstorms and stuff. I'll use Oh, like yeah. a rainstorm sound in yeah. the background, or something like that. But then <clears throat> when you play YouTube, sometimes on your, you know, I use that Chromecast situation. And you play YouTube and the videos will just kind of roll in succession, yeah. you know, yeah. when you fall asleep. And they yeah. just kind of. So then one time I remember waking up and it freaked me the fuck out, John. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it was I can see why it's under. It's good for some people, but it freaked me the fuck out. I woke up at four o'clock in the morning because I'm old and I had to go pee. And then the <laughs> the video, <laughs> the video that was on was this guy. Um, he was young, probably like 19, 20 years old. And, uh, the, the, the label on the YouTube video was boyfriend whispers. Uh. Yeah. And so it was this
0: guy going, I think you're so beautiful. You're the most amazing thing in my life. Let me, let me try that. Yeah. I think you're so beautiful.
1: <laughs> I think I think you're the most. It was amazing. it was six hours of him doing wow. that. I saw the video was like six. Phrases six,
0: like that, whatever. Yeah.
1: He was just sitting there talking, and then he even like rubbed his microphone to pretend like he was rubbing hey. your hair. And I was like, God, this is fucking
0: creepy. John should
1: do this shit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, but let me okay let me ask you this so he so had over have, a million views. Okay, but let me ask you this. so you have his voice but what was the visual? What, what the
1: visual use? was just him it was literally the visual of it was him laying in his bed and then you can tell he was not wearing a shirt. But it wasn't sexual or anything. You can right. just tell, like, yeah. it was, you didn't see any nipples or anything. But you can tell that he was, but he was acting like a boyfriend that was just cuddling you in bed. So, uh, in other words,
0: it was a voiceover. It wasn't. It was
1: a voiceover. It, no, it, it was him. He had the microphone in his
0: face. We had the microphone in he had his the face microphone in the microphone.
1: But he was laying down on the bed okay. with no, obviously no shirt on. But you didn't see any, you know, awful things or anything. But he was sitting there. And then he would literally, with his hands, he would rub the mic like that and he would talk about how beautiful you were and how great you are and what a great day you're going to have tomorrow this actually sounds S- kind of cool and it was pretty cool actually because it's supposed to be for people to fall asleep too right. and what I understand is that you can subconsciously soak this shit in while you're sleeping when somebody tells you you're precious sure. you're going to do a great job tomorrow how it's long gonna
0: was be- that video? Six hours. Okay, so it's six hours? It was, this dude it committed just on, himself. Did it go on repeat? No, it, just, it wasn't it was a loop.
1: It was one six-hour-long video of this dude who had, you know, corona times. He's got plenty of time to do things, or so whatever. You but he what? did have this soothing, whispering voice. Yeah. So I woke up, it kind of freaked me out because I heard somebody whispering, and so my PTSD was triggered because I thought somebody was in the room. So I did grab the baseball bat. So let me ask but you But I this. didn't hit the TV because so, it was nice.
0: So if I were to do, should, should I whisper <laughs> or should I just talk? You Soft talk words. softly
1: like put your lip, put your lips right on the microphone just like that it. yeah I mean just talk softly
0: hey. I've been in, I've been laying here for about 20 minutes. Yeah, that's it's it. Nice dude. That's
1: it already. Already. My, my nipples are hard. And you, I'm ready to sleep. It's great. Turn, sleep. Turn, <laughs>
0: off, turn, off the t- turn off the TV and come on in
1: here. Come on into bed, darling. I'm waiting just, for you. Uh, yeah. And okay, you just talk yeah. for a few hours. <laughs> and, and, and then there was a couple of other ones that did a, a black screen version of it where they whispered, but it was almost like the TV was dark. So you don't have that TV light in your eyes whenever you're trying to fall asleep. Right. So they do it like that. John, You can totally do ASMR. I think you would make a killing.
0: You are the second person who specifically told me ASMR. Uh, The Uh first one, actually, just a little bit before you, a couple weeks before you mentioned it, uh, Diane Zarlingo, an old high school friend. Right. Um, Hello, Diane. Uh, Hi, Diane. Beautiful lady, artistic Uh, Photographer She photographs pregnant ladies And just makes It it just uh, She makes them look like fairy tale angels I love that The way she photographs Very often Black and white Is beautiful she told me that I should use my voice. She didn't, spe- well, actually she didn't specifically mention ASMR, but she said I should use my voice in some way to help people relax. And you feel
1: you good. should, because like, I, that's, should I love intimate. coming here because like I told you, I have PTSD. I have anxiety. I have all kinds of issues of, of that capacity, but coming here and just listening, even when you call me, I love, I feel
0: better after you call me. And it's just it's, it's your well, tone I of voice. I love you for saying that. That makes me feel good. I, I, I don't want it to sound corny, but I genuinely have your welfare in mind. I want you to be as happy as, and as successful as possible. And if I make you feel good just by calling you, you up do. or by bringing you in here, that, that I, I, I get... To,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I see the goosebumps I, on your arm. <laughs> and I don't You're want so it to sound
0: adorable.
1: corny. But, uh. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a big teddy bear. Oh. You're such a good person. <laughs>
0: It's, you know what? We, we do have, this was supposed to be like a half hour. I know.
1: Sorry, <laughs> so I just missing an out I you. have
0: to let you guys go because I have to get Tiffy back to the train. Toot toot. Yeah. So, uh. Thank you for uh, thank thank you you for, for having
1: this. me again. I love coming here and chatting uh, with you. I could chat with you all day about all kinds of nonsensical we, bullshit. And not only that, but we even went way over the topics and <laughs> didn't talk about <laughs> what we were supposed to talk about.
0: We're going we're gonna to keep this series going. Yeah. Uh, we we're only supposed to do four episodes, but let's just keep it going. I
1: think so. Well, let's, let's ask your listeners if they want them uh, with this to keep going. If plug, you want this to keep going, plug I'm going to plug it. Go to johnellenpod.com. Uh, send uh, a comment on this video. And say, you know, if you're sick of Tiffy, I'll fuck off. I have no problem fucking off. But I do so much love coming here to the studio and hanging out with my best friend, John.
0: And, and, <laughs> and if you, um, when you go on johnislandpod.com, uh, you will see on the menu... Where you can click to go straight into my YouTube page, help me boost my YouTube
1: YouTube page. needs to be boosted, I think so. Share share the videos yeah. uh on your your social media and stuff because this is great.
0: I'm wiping tears away because I uh, you, you just said so many nice things you you made me push out a few. Um, uh, personal uh, stories here and yeah. I feel so much better for it. Isn't that so, great? It's it, cathartic it, 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 talking absolutely, to friends. Absolutely.
1: I love talking to you and I, I love that your listeners like to listen to us yeah. uh, chat well, about we, I, I get
0: a lot of feedback. They love hearing us uh, together. So, I, oh, I, I hope they get me. something out
1: of it at some point.
0: I think they do. Yeah. Okay.
1: All right. Well, so, I, so, I love your fans and I'm going to have to go to the train. Yeah, so, we got to yeah. get that
0: done. Say goodbye, Tiffy. Goodbye, Tiffy. Bye, everybody.